Vox Quick Hits. It was Monday. Sean Ramos firm woke up. Ah. Skipped breakfast. I think I'll have a cup of tea. Opened his closet door and prepared to tape another socially distant episode of Today Explained. But this was not just any Monday. <gasps> when Sean looked around, he did not see his microphone, nor his headphones, nor his MacBook. What in Sam's hell? He did not see any of these things because he was not at home. The ground beneath him was no longer carpeted. It was made of bamboo tiles. Above him, the singular light bulb that once illuminated his closet was replaced with what looked like a thin blue laser. The laundry that was normally piled up in front of him was gone. A bar with stools stood there instead. The closet door behind him was no more. There was now a glass door with the words Scorched Earth Diner pasted across it. The only thing that hadn't changed was that there were still very few people around, save for an elderly couple sitting at a booth and the restaurant staff. Sean was alone. Why isn't anyone wearing a mask in here? After realizing that the couple in the back was staring at him, Sean decided to blend in. He seated himself at the bar. Before our host could even look for a menu, he noticed what seemed to be a hologram of the weatherman. Don't let the lovely spring weather fool you. We'll hit a high of about 60 degrees on this sunny April day, but the flood watch continues. President Buttigieg announced that he is prepared to send FEMA to Maine if severe flooding occurs. Residents are advised to take caution and be prepared. Make sure your electric car's batteries are charged up. If you're still using one of the old guzzlers, make sure you grab some gas and please, please, keep clean water, clean water, clean water, keep clean water, and please. Damn it, the projector broke down again. Say what? Oh, sorry. Hi. Welcome to Scorched Earth Diner. My name's Halima. Can I get you started with a drink or any appetizers? Uh, uh, water? Also, what year is it? Um, it's 2050. 20? Great Scott! That's a Back to the Future reference. Did you get it? No. Sorry. Let me get you that water. You look kind of pale. Maybe I should, um, eat something. Could I get, like, a, a salad? Sorry, we're not doing salads anymore. We already had two lettuce recalls, and management just decided to take it off the menu to be safe. But if you are feeling something fresh, I recommend the tossed seaweed and jellyfish bowl. I, I'm sorry, the what? The tossed seaweed and jellyfish bowl. It's great, and you can add on some shaved truffles for an extra $7. Um... How about, like, a burger? Do you have a burger or something like it? Yeah, but we are cutting back on beef right now, so you could either do the Impossible Burger or the Squid Burger, and we'll add some shaved truffles to that, too. Ugh, what is up with this place and the truffles? What do you mean? People love them. <laughs> but how do you guys afford to put truffles on everything? I mean, like, black truffles cost, like, I, I, I guess I, they used to cost... Over a thousand dollars a pound back in the day. Well, the world has changed a lot in 30 years. I mean, back then, President Buttigieg looked like a Boy Scout, and I still had a job as a journalist, and people only imagined being able to have truffles with every meal. I'm sorry, President Buttigieg? 
Yeah, he's like a moderate hero. Have you heard of him? Ah, uh, but you're saying like people saw this coming. They sure did. I mean, I remember reporting on it back in 2021, and I talked to this food writer at Eater. Her name was Jaya Saxena, and back then, truffles were mostly just growing in Mediterranean regions like southern France, Italy, Spain. I don't even think I had a truffle at that point, but Jaya warned me that that was about to change. Truffles are a really, really sort of finicky crop. They only grow in really specific regions um, that have really specific, you know, rain patterns and weather patterns. But because of global warming, the regions around the world where those patterns may be found are expanding. It requires a symbiotic relationship with the roots of some specific types of oak trees, mostly. And essentially what happens is that anyone who cultivates it has to create this relationship between the root and the fungus. Most experts agree it takes between seven to ten years for this relationship to fully form between the root system of a tree and the truffle. Um, And then after that, um, it takes some really precise harvesting techniques to make sure that you don't destroy that relationship. And even once it's started, it's very delicate. And there's very little guarantee you're going to get the same exact harvest year after year. So in 2021, people were only shaving a teeny tiny bit of the best truffle onto their fanciest pasta. But because of global warming, the Mediterranean climate is sort of creeping up into more northern Europe. There was one study done uh, that was published in the, the journal Nature, which suggested there are lots of regions of the Czech Republic which could be particularly hospitable to truffle growth. Recently, the first truffle uh, was found and cultivated in Wales, which is clearly very outside of the traditional Mediterranean climate. So there is a possibility that this Mediterranean zone, as it gets larger and larger, could mean that truffles could be cultivated and harvested across Europe and across, you know, places around the world. And even though having more truffles sounded good to a lot of people back then, we were never sure if things were going to pan out that way. I mean, climate change could also just make the original home of truffles, the Mediterranean, way too hot for them to continue surviving there. Or it could mean severe weather events could become so unpredictable that growing anything would become tough, especially a crop as delicate as a truffle. But I was trying really hard to be an optimist, so I asked Jaya if there was at least a really thin silver lining here. Like, truffles, not just for the rich, but for the masses. Maybe people in Wales could now earn a living off of truffle foraging. But she was not sold. Climate change is happening, and it's coming for for everyone. And it's coming at the expense of all of these other livelihoods. 
of animals and plants and our own food chain. Um, and, and so, you know, as, as the planet burns, you can enjoy some black truffles shaved over your pasta. Uh, (laughs) Okay. So we got a lot of truffles in exchange for a warming planet. Pretty much. Huh. But why is there so much jellyfish on the menu? What happened like fish and shrimp? Where to even begin? I mean, we love seafood here, but we hardly see shrimp or cod anymore. We have plenty of jellyfish, though. And how how did that happen? Why? Because of the warming oceans. And the Gulf of Maine warmed faster than 99% of the oceans in the world. Which reminds me of another story from my reporting days. Another one. Yeah, I spoke to a woman named Marissa McMahon, who was a marine scientist and an ex-commercial fisherman, or fisherwoman, depending on how you want to look at it. When the climate was warming back in 2021, she didn't see jellyfish on menus too often, but she did see them washed up on Maine's beaches a lot. We see that they're increasing in abundance in many parts of the world, and it appears that these increases are linked to human activities, mainly climate change, um, you know, like warming water, but also things like nutrient runoff, um, aquaculture practices, food web altercations, um, you know, things like fewer predators or different food sources. That warm water is key because it allows jellyfish embryos and larvae to develop faster. They also have a lack of complex body parts, which allows them to be able to adapt more quickly. And they're also not as sensitive to decreases in oxygen, which we commonly find um, in, in areas where water is warming really rapidly. When the Gulf of Maine was warming back in 2021, the cod and lobsters started moving north to Canada and shrimp became so hard to come by. Other parts of the world started seeing the same. In general, what we're seeing is that shift of the cold water-loving species to the poles, and then, uh, you know, seeing more tropical species or temperate species also shifting north. So on future vacations to Kennebunkport, expect less popcorn shrimp, more jellyfish. Contrary to the texture their name evokes, I've actually heard that they can be quite crunchy. Marissa told me that you might even be doing the planet a favor if you eat the right seafood. If squid and jellyfish and green crabs are what is really abundant, those are all, you know, examples of perfectly nutritious, edible, delicious, you know, forms of seafood. And so there's no reason why we shouldn't be eating them. And in fact, you know, in the case of green crabs, it's an invasive species. It actually is, you know, helping the environment to be taking them out of the, you know, ecosystem and eating them. And that's why I really recommend the tossed jellyfish and seaweed bowl or the green crab bisque. Wow, super. This restaurant's menu is just a bummer. But there are truffles, though. I mean, I don't like truffles. I can't believe that's not clear yet. What do most people order here? Well, most people are flexitarians and a little bit more open to truffles than you. They're flexitarians. Flexitarians? Yeah, why don't I get you some jellyfish and we'll talk about it in a minute because you still haven't ordered anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make that a peanut butter and uh, jellyfish, Sammy, please. Ew. 
That was an excerpt of Today Explained. To hear the whole enchilada and others like it, check out Today Explained wherever you check out your podcasts.